Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on Episode 5, Season 2 of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're live here every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. It was pretty uh, another poor performance for our picks this week, Richie, but there were some um, good games and a few one-sided matchups. What were your thoughts on the on Round 3? Um, yeah, there was some, some nail-biters, some really, really exciting games, and a lot of drama and a lot of a lot of talking points to come out of it, um, especially out of our Warriors game. There's a bit of chatter coming out of that one. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to be chatting about that one for quite a bit when we get up to that game in our review. Um, but while we're here live on Wednesday evenings at 8pm, you can also catch our show via our podcast on iHeartRadio at your convenience. So as always, we're going to be covering everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week. We'll do a review of the round three matches and our picks. Then we'll stop and answer some questions from all of you um, before we go into previewing round four and making our picks. And then we'll end the night with some Super League news. So tune in, get your rugby league news, and remember to send comments through to us throughout the show and ask any questions that you want us to answer. So let's get into the top stories of the week, Richie. Um, yeah, first one kind of big was... Um, Round three was an injury-plagued round. Um, there was 21 injuries in total and 19 confirmed um, as serious at the end of it. What do you reckon is the reason? You reckon it's the pace of the game or just um, a short preseason or a bit of everything? You think there has to be a little bit of correlation there, the, the new rules, the pace of the game. You, you've seen a lot of these injuries, are leg injuries as well and, and knee injuries and yeah, it quite possibly is. What the answer is, not too sure. I know they're looking into some things, but yeah, it's a bit concerning. It was a similar sort of thing we had last year. Yeah, um, there was a lot of, I think last year it was a lot of like ligament damage and like knees and things like that. And this year it's kind of all over the place. There's a lot of broken hands. Uh, good evening, Simon. See you there. Thanks, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of injuries all over the place and obviously a lot of um, 
head injuries. The head injuries, I guess you could kind of say it's the pace and maybe due to how fast it is, the technique isn't what it's meant to be and people are just putting their heads in the wrong place. Um, some of it um, we will talk about in the Warriors game, but the two players that clashed heads there, that was just because they were trying to tackle a really short player, I think, and um, they're both tall. So I don't know, I don't know what you do there. But um, yes. yeah, it's, it's a huge concern, I think, if it continues. Yeah, uh, you're right. Ones like that on the weekend with the Warriors game with the head clash, that's just a freak accident. And the pace that the game's played at now, you know, you're going to have some attrition like that, and you're going that was just friendly fire, and they wind up lying on top of each other, and then they're two down on their bench already. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, Gavin Goulds asked a question. Thank you for that. It's actually the next um, part of our news. The NRL is bringing in the 18th man rule. Um, basically, if a team loses three players to HIAs through a game, they can use the 18th man. Um, I don't mind it as such. I know there's been a lot of talk about people um, potentially rorting it, um, but I think if it's going to be three players, you don't really want to like rort the system to try to bring a guy on. Generally, your 18th man is some um, development-like player. So trying to think of if it was the Warriors. Um, um I'm trying to think of a player. I I can't think of a player who the Warriors would have as the 18th man right now. It'd probably be like a Haynes Perrin or a Rocco Berry. Yeah. Someone like that who isn't experienced but can cover a few different positions. But I mean, that's, they, they actually come out and said it's, uh, it has to be an emerging player is your 18th man. It's not. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I don't know how you define emerging. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it, uh, but there's, yeah, there's going to be a regulation that it has to be an emerging player, not just any player. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't see with that being like the, the little caveat to having that 18th man, I don't see anyone really trying to like take an experienced player off to get some poor, poor kid in. Um, mm. But yeah, I'm not sure how it will go. Um, it's, it's quite a, a knee jerk reaction due to um, what happened in the weekend. But if this was in place, it only would have worked for the Sharks game because that was the only one that had three failed HIAs. The Raiders wouldn't have been able to do it because um, Joseph Tappany um, hurt himself walking backwards. So that doesn't count. Um, next on the news, it's a bit of a COVID issue again. Um, oh, we've got Simon. Um, yes, yeah, so Simon said, I do think we really need to decide these things before the season starts. Yeah, I agree. That type of thing isn't something you can just bring out of nowhere. Um, teams kind of need to think about it. It might even change who you sign. Um, oh yeah, and Gavin Gould said he thinks Brisbane's 18th man this week is Dearden. Yeah, see, I wouldn't class Dearden as a emerging player because he was pushing for a starting spot before the season started. So that's where it gets a bit murky. Um, yeah. He hasn't had a lot of game time, so he probably still ticks that box. But um, yeah. If it was me, I'd have him in my starting lineup instead of being the 18th man anyway. Yeah, I think if you find Dearden at another club like the Cowboys, he's probably their starting halfback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, going back onto the news, we've got um, COVID, a little bit of a breach in um, Brisbane, which has kind of um, set a lot of things in motion. One, the Broncos have been relocated to Sydney, 
um, due to the the lockdown. Um, there's also been two ground uh, ground changes um, to games. We'll talk about um, two games that were one was in Sunshine Coast. Can't remember where the other one was, but they've both been moved to Net Strata. I've got the details when we go into our round four preview. But yeah, so they've moved those grounds, um, those games to that ground in a double header. And the NRLs also increased their protocols so players are getting temperature checks again, have to wear face masks in public. Um, they're not allowed to go in public transport. Um, they're hoping it doesn't take too long for this to die down, but I think it's kind of um, shot a Trent Tasman bubble opening anytime soon in the foot. Yeah, I mean, more COVID-related things, really. You can't really do a lot about it uh, other than react, right? And hopefully yeah. it doesn't Hopefully it doesn't um, set the Broncos back too much. They kind of just got their mojo going to, towards the end of the game last over the weekend. So, you know, and they've got a bit of a gauntlet to run over the next month or so with their fixtures. So hopefully they aren't yeah, affected too badly. Yeah, and I see um, Paul's put uh, airplane public transport. Yep, they are, but I think with moving everyone into Sydney, I think they're all going um, on the roads. So I think there'll be a lot of team buses going around um, for that type of thing. So I think they're trying to alleviate that. There, Ideally, it's meant to be like a week or two weeks at most, so it shouldn't be too long, um, hopefully. I have my fingers crossed there. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that as as it unfolds. Uh, next bit of news is probably a bit of a talking point here, but Jason Tamalolo wants to play for Queensland. Um, I'm not a fan of it, but what are your thoughts, Richie? No, I'm not a fan. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've read a few things coming out from ex-players and, and different corners and some things like what Gordon Tallis has said and, and different guys. And I think a lot of people have the view that you do that and it starts turning into an All-Stars game, which yeah. is about is about right. And I think uh, you want it being people born in that region or have, you know, people who bleed for that region and, and not, not people who have played for the Kiwis and then played for Tonga and, you know, it starts becoming a bit murky. And now you've got Kikau coming out wanting to play for New South Wales and he's played for Fiji. There's been instance of it all over the yeah. place in history, but yeah, it opens some yeah. can of worms, I think. Yeah, I think it's um, ideally, it's basically your trials to make the kangaroos. Um, I think it needs to stay that way. And potentially, if it did happen, I have a feeling that Australia would be like, yeah, Tamalo, you can play for Queensland, but you can't play for Tonga anymore. Mm. And I think it's just a detriment to the international game. Um, I still think, we talked about it last year, I still think during the origin period, you should have um, Kiwis versus Tonga or have like um, a Pacific Cup or something, just something that involves those other players in there at the same time. Yeah, um, looks like looks like know, Simon's been, come through. Been, looks like Simon's come through and said, "What yeah, about the Kiwi Origin match? What do you reckon about that?" Yeah, um, yeah, Auckland versus the rest of New Zealand. Um, then you could still have your Tomalolos and that the the guys that play for Tonga still involved in that game. Um, 
if they wanted to be. Um, I know there's been a Kiwis versus Pacific Island All Stars or something. That'd be pretty yeah. cool. Just something in there that um, that works. Um, Gavin's also put here. It's a hard topic with State of Origin needing to fresh up a little bit of numbers. Drop people aren't interested in watching it. Yeah, um, yeah. I still don't think. I don't think having like a Jason Tomololo play for Queensland's uh, something that's going to bump the ratings either. Um, it might be for the first one, but I think it, it's just, I don't know. I, it's hard to gauge because last year's ratings weren't that great, but they're at the end of the year and people were kind of over everything last year. So they weren't really that interested. Um, and yeah, Simon's put in there as well, the same, an Oceania Cup. Yeah, I think they just need to come up with another idea um, and leave Origin being the state of origin, which is where you where you originate from. Um, that's like the whole name. So, Hey, you're saying there that it's kind of like a kangaroos um, selection match, but um, hasn't it become bigger than international rugby? It's sort of bigger than the kangaroos now, the origin? Or or, or is kangaroos growing? Um. It, it is it is probably bigger, but it's generally the best players in Origin end up combining for the Kangaroos. So it's kind of like a trail run. Um, if you play well in Origin, you should get a, a green and gold jersey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my, it, it's, says, it's uh, still the bigger thing. How can you go there after playing for Tomer and Kiwi now, bro? Yep, he's uh, Jordan, Jordan agrees with you. Yeah, Tamalolo will be announcing going to the NFL soon as well, probably. Um, so it depend, depends where he wants to go next. Um, I, I can't speak for the players, but I know they get a pretty decent pay for playing Origin, and that's probably more of the reason that some of these guys want to go and play in it, to be fair. Um, but yeah, not for me. Yeah, I, I did see a tweet, I think it was, where someone said, uh, yeah, Origin paid so much, of course they want to go play. So yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah. Not, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty serious pay, payday. Um, they get like I think it's between ninety and hundred grand just for the game. It is, yeah. I think that's why if you have three yeah, games for one, for three hundred grand. Yeah, yeah. So and some of these guys, game. that's like half the yearly salary just to play through games. Yeah. So if you had another carrot there for the people who aren't eligible for Origin, then that that could offset that. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, on to more news. The NRL is looking into some forward pass technology um, and doing a trial to see um, if they can eliminate forward passes. I think it's quite funny that it only takes the Warriors benefiting from a forward pass for the NRL to kick this into action when we've been complaining about it for years. It's hilarious. It's funny, isn't it? <laughs> but you know, this has been happening in the game for a for a long time and like you say it, it only took the Warriors to benefit off one for for them to start seriously looking yeah um I think it, it will probably um help the game um I also an easy way to fix it as well as if you let the bunker look into it um the bunker it's still like the one thing they're not allowed to change if a pass is forward they can't say no that was a forward pass um, the fact that they're reviewing every try now, if they see it's a forward pass, they should be able to say, um, no, that was forward, take it back. I think that would be a, a sensible starting point. 
Yeah, for sure. But I think you'll still get those ones where, where if they're super marginal, where they look marginal even on the technology, um, you'll still get people complaining, especially if games games have um, hinged off it. But you know, if they get some nicer camera angles, um, I was having a chat a bit earlier about the ones I've seen in Super Rugby a bit from over the top look quite good. Um, yeah, but yeah. I don't think you can please everybody. You'll still get people complaining. Yeah, I know. Yeah, in our chat before we went live, I mentioned that a lot of the stadium camera angles in the NRL um, make passes very hard. Like if it's a flat or slightly back or slightly forward, they all kind of look the same um, with the mm. the angle that they use. So yeah, maybe a different camera angle um, might help out. Um, we may as well, before we get into some more news, go into our Naughty Boy corner. Um, so there was quite a few suspensions this week. Um, we've got, yeah, yeah, Kafusi, yeah, uh, Kafusi only got two weeks for his one. We talked about that last week, and um, our Warriors player got a lot more for a, a less thing. It's real hard. Um, we've got one this week that's um, getting off very lightly because it was his first game, basically, and he hadn't had a prior offence. Um, but Jack Bird from the Dragons. He's taken an early plea for stomping on a player and is only going to miss one match. Um, Shark Brito Nakora, um, he's got a two-match ban for a shoulder charge. Um, Bulldogs Josh Jackson's out for a match for a crusher tackle. Um, and then the one that I just mentioned, Rooster Daniel Saluka Fafita, he only gets one match ban for punching Jairo in the back of the head. Um, it was originally only going to be two, but because it was his like, first offence in his career, he got off by pleading guilty for one week. Um, I watched the game. Um, I think it should have got more than a, a, a one match. Where you, in the heat of the moment, you might throw a, a sneaky, a sneaky punch out in the tackle, but you actually saw him cock his hand back and strike down. Um, yeah, I couldn't believe it. And then as he walked off, he sprayed water bottle at a cameraman. So I think they really should have stamped it out and done something a bit more serious just to explain to this young kid that um, you can't get away with stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it definitely. He could almost have got um, sent off for the rest of the game rather than just a Sinbin. Um, you you yeah. could have almost argued that. I mean, it wasn't exactly a, a haymaker, but... Still, you can't be striking people in the back of the head on the ground. And, yeah. Yeah. Take, taking a – accepting an early guilty plea and only getting a week is a, it's a bit light. Could have got a couple yeah. more weeks on top of that. Yeah, I know it wasn't the, the punch heard around the world, but it's um, yeah. more the intent, I think, was there. Um, you go see he had nothing in his mind but punching him in the back of the head. Um, so yeah, not good, but we will counter that, um, naughty boy corner with our good news story of the week. Um, another warrior actually, um, after, um, the, the changing tire story, Wade Egan was in Parramatta attending a funeral and stopped by an outreach center to hand out warriors gear and spend time with the homeless in the area. Um, it was, it wasn't, um, promoted by the, the warriors. It was actually the guy that runs the outreach center. Um, put out on Twitter, I believe, um, that Wade Egan had contacted him and asked him if they needed anything and if he could come down and um, help out for a bit. So I think another great story about the NRL players doing some good things to try to um, 
show examples that there are good ones out there. Yeah, and good good of you to throw it on in the news too, Brad, to shine some light on it. We don't often see nice things like this. And and you know, like you say, it wasn't wasn't Wado promoting it. Uh, you know, you can tell it's a nice, genuine thing he's done, and that's nice to hear these things amidst all yeah. the all the grubby stuff you read. Yeah, and it's apparently not the first time. Apparently, he's done it quite a bit around Sydney um, when he when he's there. So, um, yeah, good to see. Um, into some potential signing news, the Cowboys are looking at offering Adam Reynolds a multi-year deal. Um, I believe some of the higher ups of the Cowboys have gone to Sydney to actually go and see him direct this week. Um, I still would like him to come to the Warriors, so I'm a bit biased there, but I think um, it would be interesting to see what happens there because the Cowboys aren't really a desirable club for a lot of people right now with how they're performing. So if you were Reynolds, what would you do? Would you take a multi-year deal or would you just stay with a one-year deal with the Rabbitohs instead? It's a tough one because he's a he's been loyal to South's his whole career and I'm sure his preference would be to stay there. But with the Cowboys, I know, and I think last week I was sort of saying someone like Michael Morgan needs to stand up for the Cowboys. I wasn't sort of aware how serious his injury is and, and looking like he might be possibly forced into medical t- retirement. So if that's the case, the Cowboys will have a nice, uh, you know, nice chunk of salary to throw out someone like Reynolds and he's the kind of guy that would that they need. They need somebody to direct them around the park because as sad as it is, they look a bit clueless at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Um, that was the next bit of news as well. Michael Morgan potentially medically retiring. So due to his injury concerns all the time, um, it sounds like the Cowboys are, are consulting to see if he should medically retire. And yeah, that would offer up a huge chunk of change. There's also rumours that they're going to let Scott Drinkwater go, um, which would open up more money um, for a guy like Reynolds. Um, I don't think he would fit there. Um, I think he'll help any team he goes to, but I don't think having him on his own there is going to help them. Um, They need a lot of work, and I don't think he's the answer. Um, What the answer is, I don't know that either. But um, I would, if Reynolds does leave um, Redfern, I think... He, he's going to have a lot of offers on the table. Yeah, they, the Cowboys almost look like they need a bit of a roster shake-up. They've got mm. some key guys there if they can hold hold on to them. But, yeah, yeah, you may be right. It'll take more than Reynolds to fix them. But he won't yeah. be short of offers, whether he's, no. he signs on for an extra year with South Sydney or decides to take something a little bit longer. He'll have something that, that'll come his way. Definitely. Um, And more Cowboys news. Jake Clifford is attempting to backtrack um, on his 2022 contract with the Knights. Um, Probably because of Michael Morgan's news, potentially being out, there's a bit of money in the kit and he's trying to go in and make a payday out of it rather than going to the Knights. I'm not a fan of it. Um, What are your thoughts on it? Well, is, is he one of the lads that got dropped this week by Peyton? I think he might be. He's not travelling too well right now anyway, form-wise, you know? So yeah. he want to he want to concentrate on his form before he, he starts asking for a bit more dollars. I think so, yeah. I think he, he should just honour his contract because I feel like if he lets this season play out without that 
contract there, I think he might not even find himself at the Cowboys anyway. Um, and see, um, Gavin also mentioned that Adam Reynolds would regret going to the Cowboys and thinks Tigers is perfect fit with him due to the old coach there. That's a good point as well. I think if you put him in there with Luke Brooks, um, think they could really work well together. Um, and yeah, the fact that his old coach is there, he's worked with him um, for quite a while. It, that probably would be a good idea. Um, if that option is on the table, that's probably one I would take. Luke Brooks actually is another name being floated around for Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, that's due to Todd Payton's relationship with a lot of Tigers players from his days mm. there. So, um, yeah. You could even see a switch and um, Reynolds go to the Tigers, Brooks go to the Cowboys, um, mm. Clifford still gets sent to Newcastle. Um, but yeah, con- um, you can't let the player out of the contract. Uh, a lot of times they're making contracts look like a joke now where they just go, I don't care, I'm just leaving. Um, so they need to do something there. And I think the Knights need to stay firm. And so, no, you sign this deal, um, you're coming. And I think, to be honest, I think you'd have better chances of playing playoffs with the Knights than you would the Cowboys. So for a career move, it, it sounds like a more logical move anyway. Yeah, big time. You could say the same about Burton, Burton leaving the Panthers to go to the Bulldogs. <laughs> yeah, very true. Um, next bit of news, Brandon Smith is expected to stay with the Storm until the end of his contract at the end of next year. Um, there were the talks that he was trying to get out early, um, he's apparently come out now and said he's happy to stay and work in a tandem with Harry Grant at the Storm. Um, I like that news um, mainly because he said outright he wouldn't come to the Warriors, so it wouldn't benefit me as a fan of him leaving the Storm early. Um, and I think, yeah, you may as well, if you're with a team like the Storm, why would you want to leave? Well, it's, yeah, exactly. Why would you? And I've seen... Yeah. I think he's quite a, a quite a good bench player because he he himself has talked about um, coming off the bench. He can just give a hundred percent for that time that he's on, rather than trying to sort of restrict his output for a longer period and, and be an eighty minute player. He yeah. could form something pretty deadly with Harry Grant there. I, I think, think so. Yeah. Nice. so yeah, balances their team well. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's a smart move for him. Um, unless it was out that he was coming to the Warriors, I think, yeah, stay there. Um, and then the last bit of news we've got is um, it came out today. Um, Josh Schuster has re-signed with Manly until the end of 2024. Um, I think it's great news for Manly, who are in dire need of some good news at the moment. Yeah, he's been one that's actually looked half decent when he's been on the field so far this year. You know, he's a pretty big body and a skillful lad. And a bit nice, nice buy if you if you play a bit of fancy as well. He's scoring quite well. Exactly. Um, and Gavin's just put down as well. Apparently, Ryan Puppenhausen's um, waiting before he signs a new deal to wait and see what is happening with Craig Bellamy. Yeah, I heard that. Um, it'll be interesting. I he's a player I don't see leaving. Uh, but if Craig Bellamy has decided that it's his last year coaching this year, and um, they get a new coach, and it might you might see a few players um, leave um, due to their, um, I think a lot of teams struggle with a new coach. Um, so, yeah, you might want to go and get fresh legs. Depending on where Bellamy ends up, he might end up at another club. So, Yeah, you may, uh, you may do, yeah. 
Yeah, and I see Simon's put up there, there's a rumour in the next day or two there's meant to be an announcement of a North American Rugby League competition starting up involving the Toronto Wolfpack, Ottawa Aces and the York Rugby League. Um, I haven't heard that yet, but it wouldn't surprise me. I know um, they've always wanted to push into the, the US market um, and now with Toronto not being in the Super League, they've they've got to do something. So it would make sense. Um, it'd be great. It would be great. Um, and it just gives another place for players to go. Um, you, I know some people in the UK don't like all the Australians coming over and taking the spots of the Super League. Um, so it gives, gives you another thing. And I think some of those players that are on the way out of the NRL, you know, a little trip to the US for a few years playing rugby league wouldn't be that bad. Yeah, I hadn't heard that either. Quite often, Simon throws these things in the comments that that are before anything I've heard, or or even Brad. So yeah. no, that would he's, be quite he's cool. More knowledge, he's more knowledgeable than the both of us. So thank you for yeah. keeping us relevant with all this news. Um, I'll look into that and hopefully have some more news on that for next week's show. Um, I'll do some research. But that was really all we had for top stories. So let's just get into the round three review. Um, the first game was on Thursday night. It was the grand final rematch, and the Panthers came out victors here, twelve to ten. Uh, before I go on a little bit of a ramble, what were your thoughts on the match? It was just a fantastic match, even with Cleary missing and Pappenhausen missing. Um, you wouldn't expect anything less of of two high caliber teams like that. Unfortunate, unfortunate, unfortunately for the Storm, losing it. And, and now they're sort of looking halfway down the ladder when, you, you know, really they're a lot better side than that. They could quite easily have come on top of that. But but for a amazing play from Kikau to get get up out of the, you know, off the ground and then rush to make a try-saving tackle, um, we'd be talking about a storm win. Or if Olam, if Olam passed the ball to Adokar, we could be talking about a yeah. storm win. I think that's one of those good things about these tight games is there's so many what-ifs out of it, like what if Kakao hadn't got that tackle done or if they had passed it at Ocar, um, it could be a completely different story. And that you kind of want that with your top tier sides. You kind of want it to be just really down to the best on the day as opposed to um, just one team always going to get the upper hand. Um, both teams, without their um, some of their key stars, they still gave it their all. It was six all at half time, so it was still neck and neck all the way. And um, I think you kind of expect it to be as close as it was here with basically four tries in the whole match instead of a blowout like most of the matches were this week. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a great way to start the the round. And I think Panthers will probably be um, quite happy to get that win. It kind of gets the monkey off the back after losing that grand final, um, show that they, they can beat the Storm um, and they'll just want to make sure the next time they meet in the playoffs they actually get the job done there. Yeah, what did you what did you make of Young Burton filling in for Cleary? He seemed to be striking the ball pretty sweetly. His kicking game looked looked pretty massive. He was get, carving off some big kicks. Um, yeah, if Burton was at any other team right now, being in the halves, he wouldn't be playing reserve grade. It's just due to the fact that they've got some pretty good halves already. Um, I I agree. I, I can see why the Panthers are keeping hold of him, not releasing him early, just for this exact scenario. And he played well enough to get us another 
starting gig this week, uh, but he's moving into the centres. So the centers, they're at yeah. least rewarding him um, for his effort. He played really well. So it's good to see that they're not just, you played well, but Nathan's back, so you're going back to play against 18-year-olds. Um, yeah, I thought it, I yeah. thought he looked great, yeah. Um, first game on Friday was the Dragons defeating the Seagulls 38-12. to Wasn't really much to say in this match. Um, I just, yeah, the Seagulls are just going from um, to bad to worse, really. Um, they've conceded 82 points this year already after three games. And um, the scoreline is kind of a bit flattering for them. I don't think they were as close as – or they got a lot closer than they probably should have. Um, half of that, I think, was due to Ben Hunt. Ben Hunt played really well, but then he thought he got a cork in his leg, but he actually broke his leg and played the second half with a broken leg. Um, so that definitely didn't help the Dragons add on to their score, but they did more than enough to um, get the job done and are making me look silly for calling them wooden spooners. They did look good. They looked good. Uh, and saying that, Manly looked to be in a bit of a hole. Manly actually surprisingly had more ball in this game. They, they just weren't completing very well, completing in 60-something percent for their sets. So, And then on defense, the Dragons were just picking holes. You had Tarek Sims punching through and offloading to Dufty. They were, they were finding all sorts of holes. So, yeah, you feel for Manly a bit, um, a bit unlucky. The Dragons... Uh, like you say, having Hunt pick up an injury because he's been in a bit of a purple patch the past couple of games, and also Jack Bird getting a suspension. So, um, yeah, that's a bit, a bit unfortunate because yeah. they were looking good. Yeah, for Manly, it was basically um, they didn't know what to do when they had the ball in hand and they didn't know how to tackle when um, Dragons had the ball. So, um, yeah, until they uh, they do rely on Tommy Turbo a bit too much, Um and they will be better when he comes back. Um, Gavin Gould's commented that, saying once he's back, they'll be better. Murphy's Law, he's apparently to be back when they face the Warriors. So, um, yeah, that will be interesting to see how much they improve when he's back. But the fact that you've got a team, we just talked about a game where the, the two best players basically for each side weren't there, and it was one of the best games of the round. So the fact that they're relying so much on their best player is just a huge concern for their future, um, especially when he's as injury-prone as he is. Mm. And someone like uh, Cherry Evans looks like a guy playing with a lot of pressure on his shoulders. Right, yeah, he, well, he's basically in charge. It's his responsibility to make sure that they do everything right. And he he's a good player, Um but he's not good enough to have that much pressure on him um, without help around him. And then the next game on Friday, we had the Rabbitohs defeating the Roosters 26 to 16. Um, the Roosters first real competition this year, and they just didn't show up. It was um, the scoreline losing by 10 was real flattering because they got two tries um, in the final 10 minutes to the Morris brothers, which kind of made the score look better. But Essentially, this game was over at halftime. Um, the Rabbitohs dominated them. Um, Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker continue to form a great partnership. And, um, yeah, it was – yeah, it further stakes my belief that these guys will be in the grand final. And the Roosters, I'm just not sure what's going to happen with them now. 
Yeah, they. you're right in saying that it was pretty much over by half time, and I think I was sending you text messages by that point saying how scary the Rabbitohs were looking. And and Latrell and Cody Walker seem to have the sixth sense, and, and they're striking up a pretty scary combo. Um, yeah, there doesn't look to be a lot of weak, weaknesses with them at the minute. And um, the Roosters, unfortunate, picking up picking up some pretty important injuries, carries their senior half. So, gee, that's it's going to, you know, make things a bit tougher for the Roosters going forward. Yeah, 100%. Losing your dominant halfback for the, the whole season this early on um, is definitely going to cause some headaches for the Roosters. I think they're still a good side, and um, you'll probably see these young guys that have to step up um, do quite a quite a good um, quite a good effort in their, their stead, but it's going to make that road so much harder. And the only weakness I have for the Rabbitohs, we talked about it um, in round one, is their ball handling. When they handle the ball well, they do this. They, they do what they did to the Roosters. When they don't, they lose games. So um, I'm sure Bennett's got them doing catching drills every, every waking minute to make sure they know how to hold on to the ball. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Then we go on to the first game on Saturday. Uh, the Warriors coming from behind to beat the Raiders 34-31. to This was my game of the round, um, not just because I'm a Warriors fan, but I think the game kind of had everything. There was a lot of good tries, um, a great display, um, a valiant display from the Raiders, um, a record-breaking comeback for the Warriors, and obviously a touch of controversy with the forward pass. Uh, what were your thoughts on this game? You nailed it on the head. The game had a bit of everything, and I think I must have probably walked a half marathon around my lounge, I think, uh, just pacing towards the back end of the game. Um, to, by half time, I was thinking she's done for, and I think I probably even texted you to say something similar. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. And to your credit, Brad actually texted back and said that, um, you know, let's see what happens with with. Raiders injuries we could come back and you know he was you were pretty much on the money but it, yeah super exciting Roger Tuivasa-Shek amazing both with the ball and without the ball um yeah it was exciting in a bit of controversy but yeah we're, we're, we're owed one we'll take that eh Brad yeah yeah, um, yeah. Despite my poor picks this year, I generally seem to know a little bit. So I, I knew fatigue would set in, um, especially with this new pace. Um, I was confident we would get close. I didn't know if we would have enough time to get ahead like we did. Um, that yeah, the forward pass was forward. We've all, we've all been told that now. Um, but there was also I took down notes um, for my review, but. There was a few things that went against the Warriors that I thought they were hard done by in the match. So I basically, in my review, I said it evened out in the game. There was that one bad four pass by the Warriors, but um, Chance had a foot out of touch that the touch judge missed. Um, the Warriors were penalised for taking a guy out in the air, which I thought was a bit unfair. And um, Ryan Sutton's try for the, the um, Raiders, not only did it look like he didn't have control of the ball when he went over but the pass to him was forward as well so um i think if you you scratch those all out it was kind of even and i think if you go in leading 25-6 at half time um despite all those 
adversities you have got, you should still be able to hold on to that lead. Um, but yeah, the Warriors just showed a lot of heart in the second half. In the first half, different story. I had a very angry Richie texting me all the way through the first half about how um, poor the Warriors were. They were missing tackles, um, just making so much harder on themselves. So it was good to see them come back in the second half. But I think Nathan Brown's got to do something about their starts because the last two games, they've started poorly. Mm. Um, In this game, they scored in the first seven minutes. Um, but after that, for like the next 30, it was just them sitting on their goal line as the Raiders were kicking conversions, basically. Mm. If I'm a Raiders fan, I'm not too disappointed with that. And I think even Ricky said in the in his press conference, what was a pretty brief press conference, <laughs> um, that he's proud of the effort. You know, they Whiten looked scary every time he had the ball in the first half. Brian Sutton was amazing. Um, George... Uh, George Williams was controlling things. They looked scary. They looked like a top four side. It's just really the injuries where they ran out of steam. That's all it was. And they had Curtis Scott running with broken ribs, trying to do his best to tackle. But, you know, a few of the Warriors, you should all got to come back from that. And the forward pass was earlier in the second half. It's not like it was the last play. They still had to they still had to come out and 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 score the tries to get over the top of the Raiders. Yeah, and before we go on to the next game, I wanted to give a special shout-out to Bunty Afoa. Um, his chase down that he did when there was a broken play and the Raiders were gone, um, admittedly he had an angle on the runner, so it wasn't as impressive as Papali's rundown of Fogarty last year, but um, he's showing so much heart this year and is really showing why he's fighting for a new contract after the Warriors told him to go. So um, great to see from him. Yeah, that was amazing. He put in a, a bit more effort than some of the backs chasing back there. So, yeah, it was that was a special play. Yeah, then we go from my best game of the round to my worst game of the round with the Broncos defeating the Bulldogs 24-0. Um, the first half was a snooze fest. Um, it was on late, but I was I was watching it for, for my review and stuff, so I had to. But there, it was 2-0 at halftime, and both teams really looked like they were trying to one-up each other on who would be the worst team in the comp. They both looked messy with the ball in hand, um, just dropping silly passes, missing silly tackles. But then with 20 minutes to go, something clicked with the Broncos, and they just started scoring tries from out of nowhere. Um, so I don't know if something worked for them or if it's just the Bulldogs struggling um, to play 80 minutes of football. Well, the Bulldogs are definitely struggling to play any type of football. Um, but you're right, this was a bludger of a game. And it, you could have turned it on at 60 minutes and you wouldn't have missed anything. Um, it was a terrible first half. Uh, once the Broncos clicked and there was a couple of highlight plays from Mazako and, and Xavier Coates, you know, they show some signs. But again, they're not an 80-minute team. But yeah. if you're the Broncos, you take any kind of win and you'd be – Super pleased with that because you get your opposition to zero too. Definitely. As see Simon's put there, it sounds like the Broncos had a very good soccer half in the first match. Yeah. yeah. Um, might might hurt a few people say this, but it was as interesting as soccer for me. So, uh, um, yeah, it was just shocking. Um, I think, yeah, it's a good confidence booster, I think, for the Broncos. They'll know it wasn't pretty and it wasn't great, but they've got – 
they've got a win on the board now and then they've got an easy game this week because they're only playing the Storm. So um, I'm sure they're going to be confident going into that after beating the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs, though, back-to-back games without scoring a single point. Um, I did pick the Broncos to win this. I thought they would do it, but I didn't think that they would hold the Bulldogs to nothing. It was, yeah, Bulldogs have got huge concerns. Yeah, see something when you can't put any points on the Broncos, you're in a bit of strife, I think. Definitely. Um, and then on to the last game of Saturday, we had the Eels defeating the Sharks 28-4. to This was another injury-affected game. This was the game we mentioned in the news that would have the 18th man would have worked because at halftime, the Sharks had lost their entire bench, three of them, two HIAs. And... Um, yeah, against a team like the Eels, who have been performing really well this year, you really need everyone on deck. And they, the Sharks, I give them credit, they did still get wiped off the park, but they had props moving into the second row. They had players going all over the place to try to help keep everyone a little bit more fresh. And um, they just had no, no, um, nothing left. They had nothing left in the tank. Um do I think they would have won if they had an extended bench? I don't think so. But, yeah, it, it's kind of hard to watch a, a team fight that hard against a really good side and you know they're not going to get the job done because they just tuck it out. Agreed. Um, the Eels look good, though, in saying that. You know, well, they scored some nice tries. Ferguson's looking good. Gutherson's looking really good. Uh, he, he looks like he's having another massive year. But, yeah, the Eels look like a top four side at the moment if i'm being honest what do you think brad yeah i think so but i'm just still concerned i've still get flashbacks from last year where they were the dominant team for the first half of the year and they dropped off um so i want to see like middle of the year i'll wait and see with them just Mm. in case they do drop off but if they keep playing like they are now i think they're definitely top four um could even be a smoky for uh, for minor premiers Big boys are firing too. Paulo and and RCG, you must you know love some of those some of those tries they they were scoring there. The big boys. Oh, it's nice to see the big boys. There was a few big boys that scored tries this week. Um, so it's always good to see that happening, especially with all the worry that this new pace was going to eliminate the big bodies from the NRL in total. That everyone was going to get smaller and more nimble. So it's good to mm. see these big boys can still go out there and compete. But, um, yeah, if you've got that reduced bench due to injuries, your big boys kind of um, suffer. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we don't see any more games like that injury-wise. Um, yeah. Next one, the first game on Sunday was um, Mitchell Pierce's 300th game. But, unfortunately, his team didn't get the job done with the Tigers beating the Knights 24-20. to um, There was a little bit of a stat last week. The Tigers had their um, Luke Brooks 150th milestone and they lost um, and then another milestone this week with another player losing. Fortunate for them, but I think the Tigers were the better side for the majority of the match. They looked a lot more crisp. Um, they were asking plenty of questions on attack um, and the Knights were just missing tackles at the start and dropping the ball. And um, it wasn't until they kind of decided they had to actually play in the last 20 and they made a match of it and it looked like they were going to win until yet another era from them in the dying stages set up a scrum for the Tigers to just do a a step play and score an easy one for the win. 
um, night's first loss of the season. Um, do you think it's a concern for them or if it was just a bad night? I think it was definitely a bad night. <laughs> I think the game was there for them to win. Um, yeah, but for whatever reason, I, and I had tipped the Knights, I thought they would sort of cakewalk this one, but turned out to turned out not to be the case. And I think it was there for them to win. They just, their handling was terrible. Again, I think they had enough ball, but when you look at their completion percentage, they were only in the 60s as well. And, and the hands, especially from the outside backs, left a little bit to be desired. And, you know, it, it pretty much gave the Tigers enough enough ball to get over them. And someone like Adam Dewey and, and, and guys like that made a difference. Looking pretty yeah. good. Definitely. And um, Dane Laurie, I think, played really well as well. He's really blossoming as their new fullback. So exciting times for the Tigers. I still don't see them being a top eight side when it comes to the business end of the season. But I think they're showing that they've got enough dangerous aspects to their game where they could upset a few teams. Yeah, and I think also the Knights just have a night like that in them every now and then. They seem to be the team where if I tip them, they they go the other way. They're they're a tipper's nightmare, a bit like us. Yeah, they're um, they're to you what the Titans were to me last year. I don't think I got – I may have got two games that the Titans were involved in right last year. Um, I just couldn't pick them, save, save it. But speaking of the Titans, the last game of the round, the Titans wiped the floor with the Cowboys, forty-four to eight. Um, not really much to say in this. The Titans have just been getting better and better each week, and the Cowboys are getting worse. Uh, I don't. The only positive I had for the Cowboys was I think Valentine Holmes played a lot better um, being put in at fullback than when he's been on the wing, and. Um, he showed glimpses, but the whole team is just a mess right now. Um, it actually has me worried for Todd Payton's job, if I'm honest. Yeah, they look clueless, and it's it's sad if you're a Cowboys fan. But on the other side, the Titans look fantastic, and their new signings are already starting to click in and make a big difference to their team. Um, David Fafita, another strong showing. Brimson always dangerous yeah they look they look yeah. to, build, to be building nicely yeah i think the warriors were very lucky to get them on an off night in round one um so i think they're going to get better and better as the weeks go on um but yeah other than that wasn't really much else to say about that game it's just the cowboys have a lot of work to do and the titans um i think everyone ahead of them right now will be watching over their shoulders and they should <laughs> yeah so um, while we've got the ladder up, um, we've got the uh, the Panthers at number one. Eels, Roosters, and Titans finish the top four. Then we've got the Dragons up to fifth. Um, then the, um, the Raiders at sixth, Rabbitohs seventh, and Knights on the eighth. Warriors, unfortunately, are down ninth now. We're, we're out of the eight despite getting the win due to our points differential. Broncos surprising everyone being 10th right now. Uh, the Storm down at 11th. I don't remember the last time I ever had to say that. Um, Sharks at 12th. Tigers at 13th. Cowboys are at 14th. And I think the Cowboys are very lucky that the Bulldogs and Seagulls exist. Otherwise, they'd be at the bottom because Cowboys um, are doing poorly. But Seagulls, I don't see them getting off the bottom right now due to their points differential. 
um, negative 82 is a huge mountain to climb to try to get back. Yeah, I think they, they could be stuck there for a little while, unfortunately. I think we're still just th- still only a couple rounds in, so you'll see a bit of movement. Teams like the Dragons oh. losing losing their captain for, I think, the next month or so, and then the Roosters having a lot of injuries. You might see those two teams drop a wee bit. Yeah, and especially some of the clashes we've got this week will um, separate the, the ladder a bit more as opposed to having you know six or seven teams all on the same points. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's still early. Um, when you're three rounds in, the, the ladder doesn't really matter that much unless you're at the bottom or at the very top. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see it take a, a bit more shape later on. Well, three rounds in, but whilst the Bulldogs obviously can't score points, you said with two with two nil nil uh, two nil games, only sixteen points all season, hundred and ten points against the Seagulls in three games, yep. and that is yeah, that's that's uh, well, that's kind of nearly twice as much as the Sharks in uh, in twelfth place, or or well, way more than twice what uh, the Storm have given up. That's just nuts. Um, Nearly 40 points a game giving up. You're not going to win many, are you? No. No, and that's so hard to come back from. Even if you've got like a negative 40 points differential, that's hard to come back from. So to get to almost triple digits in your negative margin, um, yeah, it's very hard. You have to win games very well um, to get there. You could still make the eight if you if you win all your games, but like we saw last year with the Warriors and the Titans – they were close enough, but due to their points differential, um, due to some poor performances early on in the year, they didn't make the cut. So you could potentially see Manly hit some form somehow and get to that point where they're, if they had a few closer games, they might have squeezed in, but because of how poorly they started, they don't make it. The worrying I'm putting, thing for them I'm is, putting an optimist hat on. The worry, worrying thing for them is it's not exactly competition heavyweights putting nearly 40 on them. It's teams like the Dragons, so... They've got to sort out their defense somehow. Yeah, and Manly have a horror run the next month. They've got to play the Panthers, the Storm, the Rabbitohs. And then I think in their fifth or sixth week of that run, they play the Panthers again. So it's not getting easy for them um, anytime soon. Um, So before we go on to asking uh, questions, we we may as well go over the picks. I don't really want to talk about it, but... um, I got four out of eight, um, so hitting 50%, and you got five out of eight, which pushes your lead out to two. So um, at the end of round three, I have got 15 picks out of 24, and you're on 17 out of 24. So um, this might be the last time you're on the show, but um, we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, So before we go into previewing the next round, were there any questions, Paul, from... Uh, yeah, a couple. Um, so Gavin asks, uh, do you reckon because of injury problems, will the Roosters uh, try to get Maloney or will they trust Sam Walker? When we're going around, uh, James T playing 5-8 this week. Um, I've heard rumours about Maloney. He's come out and said no, that he's not coming. Um, but it's the Roosters who don't have a salary cap, so they probably buy him a plane to get let him fly here. Um but, yeah, I, th- I don't think so. Um, and, yeah, I've heard the rumours about James playing 5-8. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. I think Sam Walker is a hell of a talent. He's just very young. 
Um, and I don't want to sound too bad. I'm sitting here in a Warriors jersey, but I think there's probably no better team other than the Broncos, Bulldogs, or Manly to, to throw them in there. The Warriors, especially if they played like they did in the first half, I think he he will be okay. Um, if they were playing the Storm or Penrith, it might be a different story, but you can't keep him in cotton wool all the time. Um, otherwise, you'll lose him. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Simon Maloney's playing well, well, very well for the uh, Catalan Dragons. Uh, he should stay there. Yeah. And why would you want to go to Sydney if you're in France right now? Uh, I think well, the south of France sounds like quite a nice place to be. It is weather-wise, but so yeah, France, uh, well, northern France had a, has had definitely a big COVID outbreak and run out of hospital beds. So yeah, France is, uh, is having its issues too. Um, so Simon, yeah. Simon asks, um, what do you think of relocating Sydney teams to two different areas in Australia and New Zealand? Yeah, I don't mind that instead of increasing it and getting more teams, if you got rid of some teams because there's so many in Sydney, but um, I guess it just goes down to how much of a fan base those teams have. There's still a lot of bad blood from fans from like the, the Bears and Balmain from mergers in the past. Um, so actually really completely removing, like say, the Cronulla Sharks and moving them to be the Wellington Sharks. Um, it might cause some issues, which is probably why they're not looking at it. But um, yeah, I'm not really sure I'm going to sit on fence on this one and let Richie be be the big boy well, here. But, but, but surely the Cronulla Sharks would become the uh, the Tasman Sharks to go to the Tasman Marcos. But so, yeah, yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, see, look. Yeah, I'm not a fan of me. I'm not a fan of relocating any Sydney teams. I think I don't think any footy fans in Sydney would be too keen on that too. And I think NRL are looking pretty hotly into expansion, and that that will, pro- will probably be the ticket uh, in the next few years, next five years yeah. or so. But I do think there are still too many Sydney teams. But yeah, maybe maybe just creating new ones in other areas is the way to go. But then I was against Brisbane being a second team. Um, I thought another team should get it before them because they've already got the Broncos. It just sounds like they've decided since the Broncos have kind of become one of the worst teams in the comp, they need another <laughs> team there. Um, yep. So, yeah. Uh, is there any other questions there? Uh, no, that's it. Cool. Well, I've got a question for you, Richie. Um, we didn't really touch on it in the Warriors um, review, but what are your thoughts on Sean O'Sullivan and do you think he'll keep the halfback spot when Chanel's healthy again? I Okay, so we'll start off how I thought he went on the weekend. He was solid. Um, yeah, he was good. He, he looked decent. He looks like he's got a decent kicking game on him. And a lot of the Warriors fans were, you know, when Chanel was playing, were talking about his kicking game not sort of being so one of his strengths. But, yeah. Yeah, I think he will do a pretty good job at, at patching the hole until Chanel gets back. And once Chanel's fit, I'd put him back in there because I think he's sort of, not to say O'Sullivan doesn't have a future, but I think Chanel was one of the future players at our club. And a lot of game time w- would develop him. I think he needs that game time to develop himself further. Yeah, I, I think a lot's going to just um, depend on how well he keeps playing. Um, I think you can kind of put an asterisk next to his performance due to the 
the Raiders getting tired when your Raider when your defensive line's fatiguing, your halfbacks get a little bit more time to do what they do. So it could have even he might have looked better due to the fact that the defenders weren't going to get to him. Um, but I think it's his kicking game that is his strength there. So if he doesn't stick around as long as he can kind of pass some of that over to Chanel, I think the Warriors will be better for it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, he's, he's only young. We'll, we'll see how he goes. Um, he's definitely got a lot of talent. So, yeah. And you got any questions for me before we move on? or So, Roosters related, a lot of injuries and a key one, losing Cleary, uh, Kerry for the season. Does this put them in danger of, of missing the eight? I know it's crazy to think, but, you know, looking going forward, their halves pairing might be a patch-up uh, rookie halves pairing. Um, do you think they can patch it up enough to drag themselves through to the eight from here? It's only early days. No, we, we talked about it. You didn't see the show last year, but I made a fearless prediction that the Roosters wouldn't make the eight this year and got laughed at a bit for it, but it might actually happen now. I didn't predict that they would lose um, Luke Carey for a season, but I just had a feeling that they weren't going to be as good. And with teams like the Warriors and Titans getting improved, um, rosters. I thought there's got to be some teams that from the eight that have to fall out, and I thought they might be one of them because they might be one of those teams that just doesn't win enough. I think without the the halves pairing, I think it's going to be very hard. But it's also the Roosters, so you can't really rule the Roosters out due to the legacy they have in the NRL. And we might see them play a lot better um, with these young kids. It might inject a bit of enthusiasm in or it might fall apart. It's going to be very interesting to see how they go for the rest of the year, but I, it and, will be tough. And a guy like Tedesco. They still have a pretty handy player called Tedesco. Yeah, and the Morris brothers are still playing really well, and they've still got a good forward pack. So um, they do have a lot of good players there, but if you lose your, your experience half, it does make things harder, but stranger things have happened. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting watching as the, as the weeks unfold, seeing how good or how bad they get. So um, we may, may as well go straight into our round four preview. Um, Thursday night, we've got the Seagulls versus Panthers at Lotto Land. Um, I've picked the Panthers here because I don't think the Seagulls could beat um, their reserve grade team right now. Yeah, I went Panthers too. Uh, you've got Nathan Cleary returning. Um Dylan Edwards is out, but they're putting Crichton back to fullback, I, I believe, and I still think they'll be well too strong for, for how Manly are travelling right now. Yeah, exactly. And having Burton in the centres gives them still another kicking option, so they're going to have three halves out there. Um, and, yeah, I don't see the Seagulls being able to even front up. It'll be over by half time, I think. Um, next game on Friday, we've got the Bulldogs versus the Rabbitohs um, at Stadium Australia in Sydney. Um, I've gone with the Rabbitohs here, basically rinse and repeat of what I said about the last game. I don't see the Bulldogs being competitive, and the Rabbitohs are probably one of the informed teams right now. Yeah, big one. Big win for Rabbitohs, I think. you got uh, Jeremy Marshall-Kings out injured, uh, Lachlan Lewis coming into the halves, but nothing that says the Dogs will do anything to the Rabbits, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, then the last game on Friday night is the Storm versus Broncos. 
rinse and repeat from the first two. I've got the Storm. I don't see the Broncos doing anything. Um, they showed that little glimpse in the final 20 minutes, but they won't be able to do that against the Storm. So um, I think it'll be a bit of a cakewalk, especially the Storm have, been, have lost two in a row now. So they'll be looking to make an example. Yeah, uh, I think Broncos are getting Haas and Lodge back. So a bit more depth to their pack, but... Yeah, I thought last week maybe the people were thinking the Storm would bounce back because they bounced back so well from losses. Didn't happen, but I think this week it does happen and with a vengeance. Yeah. And then um, the first game on Saturday is the Sharks versus Cowboys at Netstrata Jubilee Stadium. This is one of the games that was relocated. It was originally meant to be on the Sunshine Coast. Um, I've got the Sharks here. Um Cowboys are not showing anything to be competitive. Um, the Sharks will have a point to prove after um, succumbing to the Eels last week, and I think they'll make an example out of them here. Yeah, the Cowboys. I've gone Sharks. Cowboys are just travelling too poorly. Um, and recent history say Sharks beat the Cowboys too. I think they've won the last five matches between the two sides. So for me, I think Sharks yeah. get that, get the money there. So we're picking all the same so far, but I think this is the first game that we're going to differ. So the second game on Saturday, we've got the Titans versus the Raiders, also at Netstrata Jubilee Stadium. I've picked the Raiders here. Um, I know the Titans have been looking good, but you saw how angry Ricky was last week. You think the Raiders are going to let another one slip? Um, he'll, he'll have a heart attack or something, poor guy. So um, I think they're going to they're going to come out and um, give the Titans a true test. I think it will be a true test. I, I just find the Titans' form uh, too irresistible to tip against. Um, I think Raiders have the recent history over over the Titans, but, yeah, I think I've got a tip on form with the Titans. Yeah, well, judging by our tipping, you might be on the money there, but I'm, I'm going to have my fingers crossed. Um, the first game on Sunday is the Knights vs. Dragons at McDonald's Jones um, Stadium. I think the Dragons have been looking good, but with the loss of Ben Hunt, I think that's going to cause a few issues, and I think the Knights will be looking to make up um, last week's performance for Mitchell Pierce this one, so I'm going with the Knights. Yeah, I went Knights. I don't think Knights can be as bad as what they were last week with their handling. Um, if Had Ben Hunt and Jack Bird been playing, I think it might have been a bit tighter because the Dragons were looking good, but I think those those two injuries hurt them. So, yeah, I go with Knights. Yep, and the last game on Sunday is the Roosters versus the Warriors at Sydney Cricket Gown. I've gone for the Roosters here. Um, everything's kind of pointing that the Warriors should have an edge here due to the, the loss of Kerry and stuff, but I just have a little flashback in my head of the last time the Warriors played rookie a rookie halfback when they played the Panthers when they had no Cleary and no Maloney and it was meant to be an easy win and Jerome Luai came out and stole the show and got the upset win there. So I'm just going on that, that I, I, I've got my fingers crossed that I hope the Warriors win, but I just see the Roosters coming out here, especially at home. I'm hoping that the Warriors are made of different stuff at this point in time uh, than, the, than the side you mentioned <laughs> when, when they got they got beaten. But... Um, I think the Roosters are just a little too depleted and they, they're going to get Victor Radley back this weekend, which will help them. But 
Yeah, I'm putting my Warriors fan hat on and tipping Warriors. Nice. That's the one I won't mind getting wrong and you getting right there. Um, then the last game on Monday, due to Easter weekend, they've got a game on Monday. It's the Tigers versus the Eels um, at Stadium Australia. Uh, I've gone with the Eels. I think the Tigers did show improvement, but the, the Eels just look unstoppable right now. Same here, mate. I, I went I went Eels. They, it's just the pick on form, and on paper, their squad looks stronger, and Tigers did look a bit better last week, but I don't think the Eels will give them the chances that the Knights served them up. So I think I think Eels will come out on top of that one. Cool. So that means we've only got two games different this week, which is the um, the Raiders Titers game and the Roosters Warriors. So you either get out to a really um, big lead or I'll even it up. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I see Simon's done his picks as well. He's picked the same as me, so that's giving me some confidence. He's got the Panthers by 12, Rabbitohs by 14, Storm by 8, Sharks by 6, Raiders by 8, Knights by 6, Roosters by 4, and Eels by 8. So, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling really confident that I'm, I'm picking the same Simon now. So um, fingers crossed. Um, and before we go, we'll get into some Super League news. Um, there was just a little bit of news before I get into the round one results. Um, Wigan star Jai Field is ruled out for five months after tearing his hamstring in the round one game um, against the Lee Centurions. Really unfortunate for them. I think he was looking really good until he went off injured. Um, but, yeah, I'm hoping that my Wigan can can get through this and um, do well. And also on signing news, Nathan Peets has signed with the Lee Centurions. Um, he was trying to find an NRL contract and wasn't lucky. Um, I thought he was a guy potentially the Warriors might pick up due to his experience of being there, but there was no luck. So we signed with Lee, um, who are really trying to get a good team together now that they're back in the Super League, um, filling the spot that was once the Toronto Wolfpack. Um, but for round one results on Friday, we had St. Helens beating the Salford Red Devils 29 to six, uh, the Lee Centurions going down 20 to 18 to the Wigan Warriors. The score, um, doesn't really reflect the game though. Um, as much as I love the, the Wigan Warriors, they, they didn't look good in this game and it was a, a, a second half comeback that got them the win. Um, Wakefield Trinity lost to the Leeds Rhinos 28 to 22. Uh, Catalan Dragons defeated Hull KR 29-28 in the first Golden Point game of the year for both NRL and Super League. Uh, Hull FC defeated the Huddersfield Giants 22-10. And then the surprise of the round for me was the Castleford Tigers defeating the Warrington Wolves 21-12. Uh, Greg Inglis didn't play in that game. He's set to play this week, though. So I, I expect to see Warrington get better this week. Um, which leads into our round two matchups. We've got Wigan versus Trinity Wakefield, Hull KR versus St. Helens, Warrington playing Lee Centurions, Leeds versus Castleford, Salford versus Hull FC, and then we finish it up with Huddersfield versus Catalans. So um, there's some good matchups in there. Um, I'm hoping with Easter weekend, we've got a bit more time on our hands. So I'm going to try to catch as many of the games as I can live and um, hopefully get some good news stories out of it for you next week. Anything you want to say about the Super League before we go, Richie? 
I didn't actually catch too much of it, to be honest with you, Brad. But um, yeah, like you say, I I think I caught a bit of the Wigan game. I, I support them like you, so um, even though it wasn't the best performance from them, nice to see them get up. Yeah, and like Simon's put there, um, same as last week, all the Super League games will be on Sky Sport Four. So um, it's just it's just depending on if the the time suits you, um, you should check it out. Um, but that's all we've got for tonight. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in tonight and joining us on the standoff with Brad and Richie for your weekly update on rugby league. Tune into our show next week at 8 p.m. here on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Uh, thank you for joining me again, Richie, and everyone, good night. Thanks, guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 